1: Set your spirit on fire and let Dr. LaWanna Steins guide you to a life of purpose and fulfillment. To reach Dr. LaWanna Steins, call 760 315 1967. That's 760 315 1967. Or visit a touch from And now, here's your A Touch from Above host, Dr. LaWanna Steins.
2: God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm Dr. Luana, and this is A Touch from Above. Oh my word. Jesus is so good. Isn't he so good? Oh my goodness. You know, it gets sweeter as the years go by. I've been serving God now for 43 years. It just blows my mind. I have to share you one story before I get started in my message. I was thinking about this as I was. um, I'm getting ready for the radio you know when i first became a christian uh, number one i wasn't raised in church i was straight heathen we'd never went to church we never had a bible we used god's name in vain god blankety blank and jesus blank blank you know we didn't know any better we were lost we were in darkness so when i got saved there was this precious man uh, uh, his name is i used to call him mr henry and he was older gentleman, probably 75, maybe 80 years old. And this was in Colorado Springs. I remember seeing him at church. I, had, I was very shy very insecure, so I hardly ever talked to anybody. And I remember one day I was driving to church, and it had snowed in Colorado. And there was like, I don't know, probably nine inches of snow. And I was driving down this road, and there's Mr. Henry. He's got a shovel in his hand, and he's shoveling his sidewalk. I didn't know that's where he lived. So I pulled over, and I said, Hello, Mr. Henry. He goes... Well, hello. he had like Parkinson's, so his neck would, Hel- hello, little one, and he would shake and he would pick up his he had these black old-fashioned big glasses, you know, and he would, they would kind of slip off his nose and he would, well, hello, little one, and he would pull up his glasses while his hands were shaking, but he was shoveling that snow. I said, I saw you shoveling your snow and I thought I would help you with that and give you a ride to church. He goes, why, thank you, little one, but this keeps me alive, you know, with Jesus. And then, you know, I said, do you need a ride to church? He goes, oh, no, I only live a block away, and it keeps me going every day. So I get to church. He comes to church, and I'm there now. Remember, I'm only saved a couple months, so I really don't know a whole lot so I'm looking around at everybody, and I get to church, and I'm kind of really shy and insecure, but, you know, I don't have any problem talking to the older folks, you know. So after church, I walk up to Mr. Henry, and I go, Mr. Henry, can I ask you a question? He said, why, of course, level one. And he's shaking up a storm, you know. And I said, how long have you been saved? "'Oh, I've been saved much longer than you've been born.'" (laughs) I said, "'Oh, my goodness.'" I said, "'No.'" He goes, "'Oh, yes. I've been saved for over 65, almost 70 years. I was a missionary in Africa for many, many years where I lost my precious wife.'" As she went to be with Jesus, but she left her heart in Africa because we loved it there so much. I said, Wow, how many years almost seventy? Oh, yeah. Oh, don't you worry, little one. And he would pull up his glasses because as his head shaked, you understand, his his head would just shake, shake, and his hands would shake. And his glasses would kind of fall down a little bit on his nose, and he would turned his head to the side and put up his glasses. And he would say, I want you to know something, little one. You hang in there because God is your strength. And no matter what you're going through, you're going to make it through if you just hold on to God. And I remember thinking to myself, 70 years? Oh, my gosh, I haven't even been saved a year. Oh, my goodness, am I going to make it? Oh, dear Jesus, how am I going to make it? I want you to know something I think back now and here I've been saved 43 years what a miracle of God's grace so you know when if you're just starting off in the kingdom you know don't fall apart in those trials don't throw in the towel don't get mad I understand oh Susie's a backbiter oh well all she does is gossip it doesn't matter quit listening to her It doesn't matter. Don't look at other people that fall. Oh, my gosh, they're falling away. And don't look, oh, and -and so-and-so's not coming to church, and -and so-and-so's not coming to church, and -and so-and-so. Well, what are you going to do, jump off the cliff because they did? Come on. Don't be foolish. Hang in there, no matter what. Can I tell you, God is awesome. Well, my message today is a little tense. Are you ready for this one? Holy Spirit, you better help me in this one. Okay. All right, I entitled my message, Whatever God Calls Sin is Nothing to Be Proud of. <laughs> you know, we're living in a time where God's Word warned us about. God warned you and I. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, Can I tell you? It is really hard to believe that our nation has stooped to the depravity of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we have to really just pay attention here. You know, leaders that call June Pride Month. I I want to. I'm just going to talk really straight to you today through the Word of God. You know, pride is an evil that God calls an abomination. You know, but the calloused heart, the calloused heart. That mocks God we 're watching today it 's harder to watch millions of people fall under the foolishness of Satan. Satan is the author of confusion he 's the author of abortion he 's the author of transgender. Now you don 't get mad at me. let me tell you something. I have many people in my church that have been set free. Let me give you one example uh in my first church, a gentleman came in dressed in like a woman. And, you know, God bless his soul, he didn't even look like a pretty woman. He looked like a better man than a woman. And the poor thing with his stubble all on his – sticking out on his face and his poor hairy legs trying to wear – it's like, oh, my gosh poor guy but his mind his mind was confused so he came in and you know and is dressed like a woman and everybody knew he was a man and he went down to go to the women's bathroom and one of the girls got scared she goes pastor there's a man in the bathroom dressed like a woman so i said okay let me go down there so i went down and i said hi what's your name my name is uh my name is betty i said "How?" Oh. Well, what's your birth name? My name is Betty. I go, that's not your birth name. What's your birth name? My. <clears throat> Finally, he said, my name's Bill. I said, hi, Bill. How are you? I said, Bill, you know what? You are a treasure to God, but the devil has deceived you. Oh, at first he got really angry and really mad, but I walked him through the Word of God, and I showed him how the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I shared with him how the devil's number one plan is to get us twisted in our minds. You know, and the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is God's good, perfect, and his acceptable will is, the renewing of his mind, and after a while, guess what? I told him, okay, you better go to the bathroom before you get to church. You're more than welcome to come, but I want you to know what God wants to set you free. But you know what? It wasn't but not even a month later, that young man came to church in blue jeans and a shirt, a flannel shirt, blue jeans, regular men's pants. He had taken off the makeup, took off the wig, combed his hair, and he was a handsome young man. Can I tell you, you see, the world is filled with sin that is all around us, from every form of sin, from jealousy to murder to violence to, you know, selfishness. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and their minds are confused. But to those who have repented of sin and turned away, you see, our only hope is Jesus. The world's hope is Jesus, and God's given us a promise to keep us in the times of trouble. Pride is an evil. God hates pride. You know, without the Word of God, we can see what happens to those who walk in pride. Let me take you into the Word. You know, I was thinking about how pride is so demonic. You know, pride is what took uh, Lucifer out of heaven. God had to kick him right out. Lucifer was an angel in heaven. He was a beautiful angel. But you know what? He lifted himself up in pride. And God said, we ain't having this booted him out of heaven and a third of the angels with him in first samuel chapter 15 i'm going to read god gives a command and i hate to have to read the whole thing but i think i'm going to have to when god tells the prophet to go tell saul that he's supposed to destroy everything everything but and and when he went into battle saul didn't he was to destroy everything but in verse first samuel 15 verse 9 but saul and the people spared spared got to hear that word Spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, "'the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, "'and were unable, unwilling to utterly destroy them. "'But everything despised and worthless "'that they utterly destroyed. "'Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel the prophet.'" I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned his back from following me, and he has not performed my commandments, and it grieved Samuel. And Samuel cried out to the Lord all night. So Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul. It was told to Samuel, saying, Well, Saul went to Carmel. Indeed, he set up a memorial, a monument for himself. Hello? Why didn't he disobey? Because he thought he knew better. His pride got in the way. Saul has gone to set up a monument for himself, and he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gigal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to Samuel, Oh, blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Ah, but Samuel said, What then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears, and the loin of the cattle which I hear? And Saul said, Well, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Gosh, my goodness. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, are you ready? Got to listen to this. So Samuel, the prophet told Saul, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribe of Israel and did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are all consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? And why did you scoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel the prophet, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and I have gone on a mission on which the Lord sent me, and brought back Agag, the king of the Amicalite, and I have utterly destroyed the Amicalites. There he goes again, excuse, excuse, excuse. But the people took the plunder, the sheep and the oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gigal. Oh, my goodness, So Samuel the prophet said, As the Lord is great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Let me stop there really quick. Do you realize that Saul's rebellion literally not only destroyed Saul, but destroyed his sons as well on the battlefield? Do you understand that pride is a very terrible thing? The Bible says destruction. Pride brings destruction, not only to the person who has it, but also to those who partner with it. Somebody asked me a really good question. They said, Dr. Luana, uh, my daughter just came out and told me that uh, she is now a lesbian and that she's going to get married. And he said, but I'm a Christian. What do I do? I said, well, number one, you don't go to the wedding. He said, I have so many different people saying you need to go to the wedding. I said, no, 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 no. Let me tell you why. Because if you go to that wedding between two women or two men Wedding, the marriage between one man and one woman, is a sacred union before God. If you go against that sacred union that God has created himself, you see, God is the one who created marriage in the very beginning. God created Adam, and then he went and he created Eve, and he took Eve to Adam, and he said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. God created the first marriage. And if you go to the marriage of a man and a man or a woman and a woman, and you sanction that marriage, then you have partnered with them. And there is an evil that is involved. How will they know that it's wrong if you don't stand for God's righteousness? Can I tell you, in Romans, it gives you very clear, clear understanding of God's word. And I know I've had people tell me all the time, well, you know what? What kind of a Christian are you? It's called one that's saved, one that's born again, and one that follows God's word. You have to understand, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Christians can't even today display even a rainbow, at least someone think you're homosexual. Isn't it? It's so amazing to me as I read through God's word. There is nothing new under the sun. Way back in Isaiah, the prophet's time, we see God calls Isaiah to warn the children of Israel. They had fallen into the same wicked perversion. Our nation has fallen into the same wicked perversion as they did way back in Bible times. In Isaiah chapter three, verse nine, it says, the look on their countenance, the witness, witnesses against them, and they declare their sin is Sodom and they do not hide it woe to their soul for they have brought evil upon themselves what happens in our nation today is nothing new when you see all of a sudden the garbage that is being promoted out there do you think there's that's new that's nothing new Our nation has fallen away from the very principles and the purpose of God, the same way that Israel had fallen away from God. You see, after God delivered Israel from Egypt's bondage and blessed them with the promised land, they forgot what God told them. Exodus chapter 34, reading in verses 10, Then the Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you before all your people. I will do wonders never done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among see will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Obey what I command you today, and I will drive out from before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and cut down their poles. Do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land. Land. For when they prostitute themselves to their gods, sacrifice to them, they will invite you, and you will eat of their sacrifices. And then you will choose some of their. They will choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons. And those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods. They will lead your sons to do the same. Whoa. That is intense. Today we're seeing that same demonic, fierce, demon spirit today, that spirit of lust and perversion that has infiltrated into our land, into the school, into the education, as early as kindergarten, books trying to seduce the children of America. This is why preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in its entirety is so important. So we are not blind. So we are not saying, well, we don't know. We didn't know. No, it's important that this word be brought forth. Romans chapter 1 makes it very clear. So to that father and to those people that are asking, well, do I go to the same-sex wedding? Do I go to, you know, they're they're my daughter. They're my son. You know what? You love your daughter and son, but you don't sanction their evil. You go not to their wedding. You go directly to them and say, son, daughter, I love you more than life itself. But you know better. And if I go, if I go to that wedding, then I'm telling everybody and all my friends that I approve what God calls an abomination. And I can't do that because I love God more so and let me tell you, you have to understand what they're involved in, homosexuality, lesbian, sodomy. You have to understand how serious it is. How will they know if you don't tell them the truth? If you just partner with it, why does anybody have to change? Notice how a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Notice how it started off, I don't know, tw- 25 years ago. 25 years ago, uh, who was the lady that did orange juice? Um uh, I can't remember her name. Anita Bryant. Anita Bryant wrote a book, I think 30-some years ago, warning the Christians that they better rise up because she said, the homosexual agenda is coming after your children. Everybody mocked at her. The Orange Juice Company cut off her contract. Hollywood kind of just nipped her in the bud and said, we don't need you no more. And But she was a Christian, loved God, born again, loved Jesus with all her heart. But you know what? She was greatly attacked but she took her stand and why well let me tell you why romans chapter 1 tells you it says here therefore you have to understand let me let me back up a little bit oh boy time is running out i got to read it fast I'm reading that in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible, corruptible man, and birds, and four footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, this is the judgment. You have to see what this is. You cannot partner with it. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanliness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God and their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boastful, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloved loving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but approve of those who practice them. How will they know if you don't stand up? How will they know if you partner? No, you cannot partner with it. Mom, dad, listen to me. I know it's hard, but every single Christian family that I know has somebody in their family that suddenly is coming out boldly to say, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian. You know what? You look at them and say, I love you, but you're wrong. God did not create you like that. And I'm going to pray for you. Oh, will they get mad? Oh, yes, indeed, they'll get mad. But you know what? It doesn't matter. You know what? I'd rather have them get mad today and get delivered tomorrow than spend eternity in hell. So make your stand, dear one. Make your stand in love and in grace. Bring in the Word of God. Don't back down. Don't be ashamed. Don't be fearful. Be what God has called you to be. Be bold as a lion and yet gentle as a dove. Amen? Our God loves you so much. Let's pray for your family members. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for each one of those that are listening to my program today, and they have family members that are bound by homosexuality. Father, we take authority over that demon spirit of deception, and we bind it up, cast it down in Jesus' name. Father, set their minds free, Lord. Holy Spirit, let your conviction come in, Lord. Help them, Lord, to understand truth. Help them to understand your way and your word, O God. Father, forgive them, Lord, for they do not know what they do, Lord God. Father, let them know your love and your grace and deliverance, Father. I pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Don't forget, you said that prayer? Visit my website, touchfromabove.org. God bless you. I love you.
1: Thank you for listening to Dr. Luana Steins. Have you read her book, A Mother's Story? It's a must-read, a heart-gripping true story, a murdered husband, a single mother, and a fight through cancer. For your gift of any amount, you'll receive her book, A Mother's Story. Send your support to A Touch From Above, P.O. Box 2800, Ramona, California, 92065, or give online at atouchfromabove.org. Join us Sunday at 10 a.m. for a church service up at the Prayer Mountain, 16145 Highway 67, Ramona, California, 92065. We're only 35 minutes from anywhere in San Diego County. And besides, a church alive is worth the drive.
2: Are you distracted? Seems like everything gets in the way. Come to A Touch From Above Prayer Mountain, 25 beautiful acres. Walk up to the cross or relax in a small private cabin to pray. Bring your leaders to pray. At Prayer Mountain, God answers prayer. Even Jesus had to get away to pray. Call today and make your reservation 760-315-1967. Your answer is just a prayer way. A touchfromabove.org. Like the ravages of a flood, but I call on the name of Jesus and the power of His blood. I have
0: Join A Touch From Above Prayer Mountain as they present the Book of Ruth, a live drama, March 29th and 30th. Don't miss this powerful story of Kinsman's Redeemer, which represents Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Come early at 6 p.m. to save your seat or call ahead. Show starts at 7 p.m. Limited seating available. Call 760-315-1967. A Touch From Above Prayer Mountain, 16145 Highway 67, Ramona, California.